Bill, and welcome to Base Case 010, Required Intros, Part 1. You know, this I just got out of combo class, and we were talking about getting into tunes, and some of them you just vamp, right? And I'll, I'll go into what the difference is between a vamp and an intro. But an intro, you know, many of these jazz standards have a uh, built-in intro. I guess that's what you want to call it. Uh, and you've got to know it as a bass player. You know, I mean, a lot of times, in most of these tunes that I'm going to use today, you can start on the head and you can dispense with the intro, but you're going to be sharper and more informed if you know that intro. And less players will be underwhelmed by your playing if you know that intro because you're knowing more about it. It's more than just walking lines and and taking solos. Uh, the intro versus the vamp, you know, an intro, it's very distinctive in most cases. You know, I, I, I ended episode nine with Joe Henner's Recorder Mate, which has an intro, and it's pretty distinctive, and it's like it's, you, you don't recognize anything that happens in the melody in that intro, and you've got to know it. There's no faking that. And um, it's like a composition unto itself sometimes. It's distinctive, and it doesn't sound like the rest. And, you know, in the case of Recorder May, it doesn't appear again. Whereas a vamp, you know, that's something that the rhythm section covers in most cases. You know, like I was talking about with the combo that we were playing Song for My Father, which is in F minor, and we vamped. the I had the rhythm section vamp on the, the one chord, the F minor, you know, just grooving a bossa groove until the melody came in. That's a good way to seat the band and get everything started. So that's a, sort of the difference. You know, you have vamp, you can come up with anything. Like we were doing blue bossa, you you know, which is in C minor, then you just vamp over C minor, you know, you just create that groove. And then the horn player or whoever's got the melody comes in and that's the top of the form. But the intros tend to be a little bit more detailed. And this first one, for the tune All the Things You Are, some people call it the Parker intro. And um, a lot of people like to play it with this intro. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they start in with the last four bars or the last eight bars, and then they bring the tune in. But um, depending on who you play with, you might get called out to be, you know, to play the Parker intro. So here's example one, the Parker intro for All the Things You Are. <laughs> landing it's going from the d flat seven to c7 chord and the bass player has everything right here it's, it's more of a melodic line than anything else and then you go into right into the walking at the top of the chart you know and how many times do you play it i don't know typically two but sometimes it could go on for a while you know you have to be keep your eyes open and your ears open and wait for the cue and the beauty of this line, and like a lot of these lines, it fits on the bass, both electric and upright easily. And check out my YouTube videos for these. Uh, this second one uh, is for Equinox. Now, I demonstrated this bass line for the form in an earlier episode. And it's a C-sharp minor blues. And it has a distinctive bass line that fits over, that you play under the soloist and you play for the head. There's not a whole lot, there's not any walking, any anything like that in there but there is an intro for this too and um it's simple but you've got to know it and you know you don't want to try to make something up for it so here it is you know 
example to Equinox. Just a little two bar. And I just slipped right into the top of the groove, you know, right into the vamp, if you will, and wait for the melody to come in. And when that melody comes in, that's the top of the form, too. You know, how many times did I play it? It's indeterminable. Keep your eyes open and look for the cue. And you'll be solid. You know, it's just a little... Most of these are just two-measure figures that have to be in the right place. And they make the tune sound better. It makes it sound more like a composed tune instead of just, you know, a bunch of musicians blowing through changes. Okay, example three is bags and train. Same changes. You know, it's a C-sharp minor blues, kind of an oddball key. Check out the recording uh, from the album Bags and Train. And Paul Chambers plays on this one too. And he's got this wonderful Arco solo through there that I transcribed. It's three solos and it's amazing. But it's the same changes as Equinox, but the groove is different once the form starts. Once that melody comes in, you go to a two feel, and then once the soloing begins, you go into four, and you slip into just some walking. But it's got a distinctive intro that the bass player's got to be on top of. So here's example three, Bags and Trains intro. And here's the form. Sharp, just on the one chord, and then I'll move to the four chord F sharp, and it's just that simple. That one's usually just played one time. Check out the recording, but you know, you get together and you start rehearsing with your combo, you might come up with some different ideas, and you might want to play that more than one time. And this one's like I said, it's, it's a, although it's the same changes, it's a C sharp minor blues. This one does some walking over the blowing changes. Uh, example four, Star Eyes. I, this tune is a staple of jazz studies programs everywhere. It's a Charlie Parker tune. He made it famous. And uh, it's called often enough that you should learn the intro to it. It's, uh, again, it's just a little two-bar figure. It's somewhat similar to the Equinox, uh, but in a different key. And once you get out of that uh, intro, you go right into a two-feel, or you could start walking, too. So here's example four, the intro to Star Eyes. How many times do you play it? Indeterminable. Just wait for the cue. changes right into the form with a sweet little two feel and it makes it easy you know like I say you don't know how many times you're going to play it but it's also something to remember too with all of these intros I mean I'm just giving you the bass line the drummer and pianist have something to do too with you so they'll be playing with you and that's what makes it sound so good now this next one, and I'm ending with a Joe Henderson tune again, and it's uh, 
his chart, Black Narcissus. And it's more of a vamp than an intro. And the reason I'm introducing this is because in, in, in an upcoming episode, I'm going to be uh, detailing and talking about playing in three. You know, we're so four-oriented in, in music, even in jazz music, that uh, three sometimes presents a challenge to bass players and drummers and musicians everywhere. And Black Narcissus is in three, four. So this establishes itself as a more of a vamp because once it comes out of this, the melody comes in, it's still in the same place. It's still over this B-flat 7 chord or B-flat 9 chord. So here's example 5, just the vamp slash intro of Black Narcissus. out okay now that's just the vamp now i'm going to take that same figure and this is what you want to do and i'm going to put it against the chord changes and then you'll see how it works so here's example six black narcissus not the intro although it does sound like the intro it's the actual changes of the chart where the melody comes in i'll play the form twice so here's example six black narcissus the form there's the first line Here's second line. And we're moving through the chord changes. Now we're kind of moving out of that rhythmic figure. And these have to be in place for this thing to work. top of the form, back to that original figure that also served as the intro vamp. gets out of the the changes for the uh for the tune you can go into some walking and or some other rhythmic devices that work well in three and something i'm going to be talking about in a subsequent podcast playing like i said playing in three poses its own challenges for musicians because we're so oriented to four four time or what some people call common time uh, one of my professors once said it was because of the proliferation of rock music in our lives through commercial music and et cetera, including most of us liking rock music. And it has us feeling things in four. So you think about it, and I, and I can't think of how many times I've introduced tunes in three, in three, four to my players and how they struggle with that because they're so used to having that additional quarter note in their walking line. But I've got some things that that solve that or that that'll get you practicing to get you to feel three better, you know. And another thing is we're very downbeat oriented too. So on the next podcast, and the next two podcasts, I'm going to be demonstrating playing in three and those devices that might help yourself. And then I'm also going to have a podcast after that on endings 
that how do you get out of a tune? You know, one of the biggest struggles, you know, we were just dealing with that in combo class a couple hours ago, you know, and there's some very, very simple devices that are used around the world to get out of tunes like Satin Doll and all the things you are and whatnot. And I'll show you some of these things. They're very relatively easy. And I'm going to have another one on just some basic vamps, you know, not your typical intros, but just, you know, the things to do to get into the tune. So I will see you very soon. Mm -hmm. 